With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen Media Empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm Jake Amino, the writer-director of Deviation. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stuart. Page the screen. Com up in my bunk. Please. Snitch. Get up to my motorcycle running and tracking up with my fucking snitch. Genius. With Dom, eating pizza and pussy. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. The From Page to Screen Movie Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Good, I'm alright, I'm just bringing everybody in, well I say everybody, uh, Stu. Okay. Let's have a look, uh, bring him in, I've, not, I've sent Bob a message saying... Um, if you get online, give me a call. So we shall see. And I've just messaged Mr. Miller. Fantastic. Uh-huh. Is he here? I am indeed. He is indeed. Long time no speak, Stu. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad. Good. Ten more days to Halloween. Woot. Yes. Has it been um, a good horror month for you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you convince Rob? Does he sound overwhelming? Really, no. He doesn't sound like he's doing backflips there. When do I ever sound like I'm doing backflips? But well, it's like it's it's horror month. This should be like I mean, every month's kind of like horror month for you, but it's a special month when everybody else kind of joins in and learns that there are horror movies out there. So the unwashed, the unclean, the people <laughs> who shall not be named. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. The sort of people that go, "Oh, I didn't know there was a new Star Wars movie. Hey, when did that happen?" Very Halloween. Strange. Michael Myers. Who's him? Isn't it? It's like, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not seen that for a long time. Have you watched it? Yes. Is it? Don't don't spoil it because I didn't manage to go see it. But is it good? It feels like it is actually a sequel to the first one. Nice. Is that, mm. is that good though? Do you this is, you could chip in as well, Rob? Do you think it's good when they go back and they go, do you know what? We these films didn't quite work, so we'll just pretend we never did those, and we'll make this one that's actually a sequel to this other one that ignores all. That is <laughs> confusing. Well, uh, for me, um, Halloween is kind of one of my all-time favourite um, kind of scary movies. So uh, it's uh, it'd be interesting actually to watch it. Um, you know, um, you know, I've watched the first few movies and I enjoyed the, I enjoyed them. So um, yeah, uh, don't reboot it. Just add to the the Halloween franchise in other ways. 
What do you reckon, Stu? Where do you take that? Well, considering that the way the Halloween franchise was originally set up, then you can sort of get get away with doing it with this Halloween Mm-hmm. Because it's very, very, very rare in the movie industry that you get a sequel to a film when a franchise has actually happened to a film that happened years and years and years ago. It's very rare that they do that. Um, mm-hmm. It's a brave thing to actually do to do that, considering that there is this is the ninth Halloween film. So, well, ninth in the if you count them properly. But um, if you just retcon all of the ones that's happened before, it's, it pretty much is not existent in, in cinema. So to do that, it's a brave thing to do and to make it like a proper true sequel to the original and have a feel like it's a proper true sequel, even though it is set 40 years after the original, then I think it's a brave idea and it's a smart one if they can pull it off. And in this case, this sort of did. Well, I've got two questions for you. Bernard might have not seen it yet. So this is uh, the Halloween 2018 is a sequel to the 1978 Halloween and it ignores all the other Halloween movies. In the second Halloween movie, the 1981 thing, they make mention that Jamie Lee Curtis or Laurie Strode is Michael Myers' sister. Is that still in this timeline or have they no. totally ignored? So does it explain why he's after her then? Um, it's actually in the trailer, right. surprisingly. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's in the trailer where uh, Laurie Strode was one of the only survivors from Michael Myers during his rampage in the original uh, 78 film itself. So it's Michael Myers finishing off what he didn't finish in the 78 film. So it's kind of that, like, oh, that, mm. pissed, that pissed me off that I got everybody other than that one person, so it was I'm going to go get him. It was Laurie Strode who, um, who got him locked up, who right. stopped him. So obviously he's out for revenge for putting him in this insane asylum for 40 years. Um, so that that's what it is. It's um, they've gone and thrown away the fact that Laurie Strode was supposedly the sister of Michael Myers. Yeah. Um, so they've gone and thrown that away, which it's a good idea that they've gone and done that, considering that he's called Michael Myers and she's called Laurie Strode. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it, it's a smart idea that they've gone and done that. It's a silly idea in the first place to say that she was his sister, and it's just it was something that just stuck and it just followed on. To have it say that she was the only survivor from Michael Myers is a better idea because then it does actually work and her wanting revenge and because she wanted to finish it all off because she lost her friends during the rampage in 78. So that was the whole point of her building up everything by learning how to fire guns and things like that over the 40-year period and waiting for that moment when he would finally escape or get out. Well, he was never, ever going to get out anyway, but escape in this case. Okay. Mm. That's good. And also, because it's been so many years since the original one, do you think people are going to be okay with just maybe not having seen the original Halloween? Or I'm guessing it's going to be a benefit if you've seen the original one, but can you go into this new one not having... You know, seen any of the other? Yeah, it, it, it's because it's one of those films where it explains its backstory without repeating the backstory by showing how it actually flowed. There is little bits here and there where it uh, flashes back to '78, but it is actually explained through character conversations and especially Laurie Strode with her daughter and um, her granddaughter as well, having conversations with two friends. So it's all explained in conversation about what happened 40 years prior. And then for Michael Myers to go on a murderous rampage in this one here. So, yeah, you can go into it completely fresh, not knowing 
the 78th um, Halloween. And it, it, yeah, it's. I think that's the way they designed it as well for it to be like that because they understood that if they made it a proper true sequel to Halloween but only did it nod to people who were fans of Halloween, it wouldn't have broken records or become the second highest grossing horror film in American box office history yeah. um, for its opening weekend. So it would never have done that. It would have probably have getting about 25 million, if that, not 78 million in its opening weekend. So it still might have done pretty decent because it is one of the highest budget Bloomhouse productions as well because they don't put a lot of money behind their movie. So it is one of their highest productions. So it, it was a smart idea for them to do it where they did explain bits and bobs have happened in the, the 78 one for people to actually go in it completely fresh. Which also means we are going to get sequels to Halloween. I was reading some story online on Hollywood Reporter where they're potentially going to do it as anthology a la uh, the Season of the Witch Halloween 3, which failed sort of in the 80s to turn the Halloween thing into a, an anthology. But wh- where do you think the sequels are going to go? Because we're bound to get them with that money coming well, in. Well, or- originally there was supposed to have been both the, this and the sequel to be shot back to back. That was originally how Danny McBride and Seth Gordon Green originally start writing out the script for this Halloween. And then they realised that it would have just been too much of an undertaking to do that. And Halloween was not going to be the tight-knit film that they want to make at it. So I'm not going to give anything away whether there'll be a sequel or not. Um, obviously, box office talks and box offices actually talking in this case when it comes to Halloween. And it, it obviously helped it get this second part, which is coming out next year. There was It was probably inevitable that there was going to be an It Chapter 2, no matter how well it did. Yeah. But it did brilliantly. It did absolutely insane. Nobody predicted it would do as well as it did. So with Halloween doing exactly like that, the probably will get Seth Gordon Green and Danny McBride to jump back on board. But... Seth Gordon Green is busy trying to get a Ghoulies Critters crossover film made. <laughs> and um, Danny McBride is too busy trying to get a soft reboot of Phantasm to happen. So whether the, those two are just are too busy to actually go ahead and get a, a sequel done, I don't know. But again, money talks. So if, if uh, Bloomhouse Productions goes and Miramax, it was nice and surprising to see Miramax's logo pop up. It's rare to see that these days. Mm. But um, if uh, if... If Bloomhouse goes, you know what, we'll give you 20 million for you to actually direct it and we'll give you a budget of 30 million to create the film itself. They'll obviously go, yes, we'll definitely do that if you're going to throw that much money at us. So we'll see. I also think it'll be a case of, well, you know what, I don't really want to think about Halloween 2 at the minute um, because I'm thinking about the ghoulies and Phantasm. And However, if I was to get greenlit for those films at this amount of budget, I, I would be more inclined. <laughs> that is exactly the way these guys should play it because Bloomhouse can chip in and cope with They'll never, They'll never give them a huge budget for Critters, Ghoulies and Phantasm. They'll not. But I think that if they get a budget of about 5 million, 10 million, yeah. They can easily make something out of that because you've seen what um, what Bloomhouse Productions can do on a very, very, very small budget. A lot of their films easily uh, get their money back and more on top. So you, you've seen how they work. They can yeah. release a film with a, on a couple of million. Look at um, Happy Death Day. That's getting a sequel, Happy Death Day to you. Um, and the trailers <laughs> are being shown in front of Halloween in America, but not over here in the UK. And Happy Death Day was a budget of about one and a half million, two million. And it, yeah, it made something like 80 million at the box office, worldwide box office, but that's off 2 million. Yeah. So they, they can easily make a, um, easily make uh, their money back. The Conjuring series, for example, the Conjuring franchise has made over a billion dollars now. And that's just off um, a few films, off a couple of Annabelle movies, a couple of Conjuring films, and The Nun. Yep. So off, off five films, and so it's made insane money, and that's why there's an Annabelle 3, and that's why there's a Conjuring 3, and that's why there's the Crooked Man, and 
So there is, um, and a nun too, because the nun did really well at the box office as well. So they know how to make money. They've definitely got the perfect business model, haven't they? Yes, but um, Jason Bloom needs to shut up every once in a while as well because <laughs> he, he has a bit of a mouth on him. <laughs> His latest one was amazing that there aren't that many women directors and um, you know they probably don't want to make horror movies. I'm like, Jason, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> but I think he's learned. I think he's learned to shut up a little bit because he did come out. I think a few days after, and he went, "Yeah, I probably should have thought before I spoke." There are actually lots, and they did actually approach two women directors. I, I don't. They didn't name them. I don't think, but they were kind of busy. But uh, yeah, yeah, he, need, he I, needs to learn to shut up. I think. I don't think that people like the Soska sisters or Jennifer Kent will actually be very happy with that kind of statement. Well, Axel, Caroline, the Soska sisters, yeah. Pollyanna McIntosh, Emma Dark. There's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. That could go, um, ah, yeah, you're right. We're, we're, we'll happily, because um, wouldn't you, if you got a phone call, Stu and Rob, going, hi, this is Jason Bloom, uh, we're going to give you a budget of five million. Do you want to come over and shoot something? You'd be like, all right, then. Yeah. And we, none, of us are, <laughs> none of us are film directors, and uh, we'd jump at it. So you throw yeah. the money at, at Sosco or Macintosh or whatever, and then uh, they'd be off doing something. So fingers crossed. But I do like Jason Bloom. Yeah. He's very good. So how have you been, Stu? Because it's been ages since we podcasted. Um, I've gone through severe colds, severe migraines, where I've all I did was sleep. I fractured my elbow so bad that every single time I bend it, now it cracks. Oh. Um, so all of that work's been a pain in the ass, to be honest. Yep. Um, just general life is an absolute bollock. And your co-host, Mr. Andy, he's been uh, ill as well. Yep, he has indeed. So is he on recovery? Is he getting um, Probably. Yep. That's all you've got to get from <laughs> me on that one. It's pretty probably. much it. Probably. <laughs> uh, how's Rob doing? I'm fine. Uh, it, it makes a change, doesn't it, from all this uh, kind of weeks and weeks of monkey virus. Uh, but I'm fine. Me too. Isn't it nice not to go, do you know what, I still think I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess I'm on the right side of ill. I think you sound like you are as well, Rob. So. Yeah. That's not too bad. Uh, I don't know what's happened to Bob. I'm guessing Bob is not going to show up tonight. He's just not not bothered arriving. So who knows? But uh, So it's the three of us. So um, uh, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of stuff. One, here's one for Stu, because when we got Stu on, it's always fun to chat about horror because he's mm-hmm. the resident horror expert. So we were chatting I think, a couple of weeks ago. Because it's weird, Stu, because it's like normally it's me, Rob, and Bob on. But then last week, Bob wasn't on. And then mm-hmm. the week before, Rob wasn't on. So yeah. And this week, Bob's not on. So it's I've got all these little topic things that are just sitting there waiting weeks and weeks and weeks until everybody's <laughs> on together. So um, I don't know who came up with the topic. But if you were doing a horror film festival, what films would you have if all the films were gauged towards children? i.e. like 11 and younger. Because um, I think Rob sent me a list, so I haven't got a list anymore, but I think that Edward Scissorhands, I think you put on it, Rob. Yeah. Um, I think that was uh, one of the probably more kind of age-inappropriate films, but... <laughs> You know, it, it, it's kind of one of the, I don't know, one of the better of the bunch anyway. It's P- if you're... PG, so you're okay with that. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, and I, I would have thrown in something like The Others, which is a 12, and mm-hmm. Woman in Black, which is a 12, for sort of the upper side of things. 
but then once it was a hard topic to think of until you start thinking of someone you go actually this is quite easy now so things like i don't know the younger ones the black cauldron from disney or snow white you could put that one in there mm. um Coraline. i'll yep. put that in there because that's a good choice small soldiers oh, i'll throw that. that in there as well i love that... small soldiers goonies Goonies has got elements of horror um, attached mm-hmm. to it, and it's That's, a fun, yeah. um, friendly film on that front there. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, you can put the cut version of the Monster Squad. As a matter of fact, you could put the Monster Squad in there because it's a 15. It was originally a 15. Yeah. But if you watch it at today's standards, it's very, very, a very, very tame 15. Do you think it'd so, probably be like a 12 now? Because, I mean, when that came out, I don't, I don't even think that's ever come out on Blu-ray, has it? It's never been released in the UK on um, on Blu-ray and DVD. So that probably would be a 12 now anyway, because there was no 12 when that came out. So. Yeah, so I would go with the Monster Squad. Um, what else? Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, if you want a Christmas Eve kind of film with hints of horror in it as yep. well. Um, I'm not going to go with Gremlins because I think Gremlins, the first one, might just scare them too much because of exploding <laughs> Gremlins and stuff like that. So Gremlins too might encourage people to put things in microwaves as well, which is not not good. Maybe Gremlins too, but they'd probably miss a lot of the jokes. Uh, probably. You really want to scare them? Put Jaws in there or Arachnophobia. Jesus, that <laughs> film scares me as an adult. So PG scares me to death. I don't like. So in, if, if not, in that, if that's the case, then. Um, comedy it up a little bit and put it like a freaks in instead of arachnophobia oh, that's mm, yeah. that's more of a comedy horror film so throw something like that in as well you could throw in um something like close encounters of the third kind i know it's sci-fi but mm-hmm. still it'll have hints of little ho- bits of horror in there and super eight as well yeah throw i was, think, I was thinking super eight but yeah i think i'd open up the festival with close encounters just warm them them up nicely to be a bit freaked out yeah Fantasia, if you can get hold of a, cop- a good copy of Fantasia, because that's a very weirdly trippy film, but it has <laughs> yeah. horror elements to it, and kids will be just looking at it going, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Fantasia, you ask anybody about that, go, what do you remember about that? They go, oh, Mickey and the uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice. That's all anybody remembers about Fantasia. It is a weird film, but let's not bother with Fantasia 2000. Yeah, you, <laughs> or you could, if you want a bit of cheese, throw in um, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yep. Bit of music. Because, yep, that works. Because again, to today's standards, it's it'll easily pass as a, a twelve. That anyway, so we'll just throw something like that into into it, and you could even go more up to date kind of stuff from the first Goosebumps film. Okay. Throw yep. throw that into the mix as well. Don't throw a house uh, the house with the clock on its walls because it's pants, or the new Goosebumps movie as well because that is not very good as well. So, but, but yeah, something like the original Goosebumps film from so, a couple of years ago so you mentioned the house with the clock and it's i keep i've heard somebody say a rude version of that i can't get that yeah right i know and um, that's why i call it the, the housey clocky movie the housey so, clocky movie you've seen it yes i reviewed it a couple of weeks ago no i mean it's, it's weird good. it's like i saw the trailer i'm like oh that looks very spielberg and i know he produced it or executive produced it or something but then it was a couple of weeks after that i'm like eli roth did that that's very yep. that's very strange how how has he done um, not having blood splattered everywhere. <laughs> it's, it's very subdued movie. It's just it's not very good. It doesn't feel like it's it's a fantasy film, but it's a fantasy film without the enjoyable fantasy stuff of it. Yeah, Jack Black is Jack Black, um, and Kate Blanchett is probably the thing that saves the film. But the thing that you when you watch these kids fantasy movies, the thing that you need to attach yourself to is the main character, and the main kid character is frustratingly annoying. 
So um, everything he does and sees, you just want to punch him or throw a clock at him. Um, so, you know, it's not very good. It's not very well set up. It's Eli Roth complete out of his comfort zone because I, you, when you see it, you, f- you feel like Roth had ideas to make this more of a, an adulty kind of film, a Guillermo del Toro, Are You Afraid of the Dark kind of movie. Yeah. Whereas, in fact, he, he's just put, trying to push that and he's just probably just reeled back completely by the studios going, no, you are actually making a kid's film. So you can't make this clock come to life and eat somebody. So he does what they did in like the original Goosebumps where you've got things like gnomes that come to life and and stuff like that. He does that, but he just doesn't have the charm and wit to be able to actually pull that off. Oh, it sounds like he had fun doing it. Anyway, I've heard some interviews, I think it was on the Empire podcast or whatever, chatting about it, and he did enjoy uh, doing a film that that isn't massively different from the ones he used to do. I mean, it's still a horror film. It's just obviously not got buckets and buckets of blood or severed limbs or people's head being kicked around like a football type thing like some of his other stuff it's just a pity that doesn't translate to the screen though it, yeah. it's fine if the director's having a lot of fun of creating the film itself but if it doesn't translate to the screen then you've got a problem yep so rob how are you mm-hmm. doing what do you think about have you heard a lot of films just being rattled off there that you've never heard of or yeah that's 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 pretty much how it goes i mean <laughs> the presence of two experts and uh, i sit here thinking well you know as far as my knowledge goes i switch on netflix or amazon prime uh, on a night and uh, just choose something from what's displayed uh, in front of me so uh, but yeah at least you pick up some you know some uh, some tips on what to watch and uh, as you go away and kind of look things up so uh it's all a learning experience and while you're mentioning putting on netflix and seeing what there is to watch i think everybody on the planet i've not so i'll count myself out everybody's watching the haunting of hill house or whatever it's called everybody's uh, watching that damn thing. my poor old yes. timeline is just constant with that sort of have you checked that one out steve <laughs> No, no. Well, sort of. I've I got halfway through the first episode and um, I had to stop it because I had to go off to work and I haven't continued on with it. I'm interested in it. Yeah. So you will carry on watching it. Maybe. Nah. And Rob. Yeah, I've uh, I've picked up uh, episode one uh, and I do plan to to uh, to go on to episode two and uh, see where it goes from there. So. Uh, um, yeah, I'm I'm one of the the many. It seems. Um, my my wife informed me earlier in the week that kind of um, America was going mad over it because um, it was too scary. Yeah, right. So <laughs> <laughs> this is the age-old advertising campaign of. Well, Annette came home the other day and she went, "I've been hearing about that. Apparently, people have been fainting and everything." I'm like, "No, they haven't. This is just a very smart advertising campaign that we can see through. People yeah, haven't they- been fainting watching it." It's, uh, did that Netflix did that with Veronica, that Spanish film um, yeah, from one of the directors of Wreck, and um, they were advertising it going only ten percent of people can get through the entirety of this movie. And obviously, <laughs> you know what I'm like when it comes to horror films. I'm completely unfazed by them these days. And I watched it and went, "It's a good horror film. It's not a scary one. I don't know where they've gotten the idea that this is only ten percent of people can get through it. Try and be like the Indian director of the film To Whom Too, who actually offered ten thousand dollars for somebody to sit through the entirety of his film, yep. <laughs> uh, just because he believed it was the most scariest thing that was ever created. And I wish he did that challenge over here in the UK because I would have probably sat through it and I would have been ten thousand dollars richer. You would have been. Yep. <laughs> You'd have done it even if there was no money involved. But the ten grand would have been amazing. Yeah. That would have been good. Get a quit but your job I, for a year. 
I find it really, really funny when they do that. This is the most scariest thing you'll ever watch. Yeah, um, are you actually just seeing that to either advertise the film or when you watched it, did you went, oh my God, I've just gone and shit myself or something like that? <laughs> no, I think it's somebody has heard that somebody fainted, so therefore they tell other people and then other people tell other people. It's just urban legend stuff, isn't it? It's pr- it was probably mm. like a really hot deal when they watched it and they didn't have the air conditioning on or something like that and they just <laughs> fainted out of the heat. It was more likely the fact that they'd watched all 10 episodes in one lump not eating anything and not drunk anything and it was probably yeah. they just passed out because of low blood sugar. But that's so not, the- as, not as sexy <laughs> advertising as this is the scariest thing ever. The gamer's curse. This yeah. game will make you fiend. Well, okay, then I'm going to buy that then. Exactly. That sold me. It is weird, isn't it? We hear that something's the scariest thing ever, so we go, oh, I want some of that. I'm going to watch that. Mm. Why? Why do we like being scared? Yeah, why, why, the- here's one. Why, do we, why do you like horror movies, Stu? Genuine question. <sighs> Um, so I've been watching them since I was two. So why do I like watching them since I was two? Um, it's just like well, a comfort when zone I, thing. Yeah, when I was a kid, it was just because it was hearing kids yabber on in the schoolyard about, oh, did you watch the latest episode of Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles and things like that? And there's me going, did you watch Nightmare on Elm Street? Yep. And it was just <laughs> sort of like being in that exclusive kind of club. These days, it's it's not down to trying to be scared because it just, they just do not work on me. Well, on the scared from there, for me, it's I think these days I think horror is probably the most diverse um, subject when it comes to films, and it's the intrigue and the intriguing nature of horror films themselves of uh, about what they're going to try to do differently um, that's never been done before. Or it's just escapism. So just find them like escapism because you demons do not exist. Devils do not exist. Vampires don't exist. Werewolves don't exist. Things like that. Whereas when you watch a drama, everything in that drama exists. When you watch a comedy, everything exists. Outside of sci-fi and horror are the only two genres where a lot of the stuff that you watch does not exist. So it's just that escapism from real life to watch something that does not exist. And watching the imagination of directors' mind just go completely insane. It, it's always nice to actually see that because, uh, again, horror and sci-fi for me are the two genres where imagination exists the most. Because you have to have a really good imagination to be able to come up with everything that you see on the screen. So mm. it's just down to, it's down to that as well to see how directors can actually do something different that's not being done before. So it's the intriguing nature. I think you sort of mentioned that horror and sci-fi. I, I chuck in Studio Ghibli there. I've, I don't. I've never seen anything in reality, like you know, Totoro's and movie horror sci-fi. In <laughs> it, definitely the fantasy one. Yep. Yep. Always got to mention Studio Ghibli on any podcast. It's the law. Otherwise, it's not a real podcast. So I'm not allowed to mention it anymore on my show. So. It's a good job that I can mention it somewhere else. It's just because I mention it way too much. <laughs> you can never mention Studio Ghibli too much. I know you can't. You know. The fact that they are working on another film, you've um, Andy's going to hate me when they do actually release a new one. And Studio Panok, the spin-off studio from Ghibli as well, they're working on a new film. So uh, he's going to hit me even more, which is always fun. He'll get over it, or he won't. He will never get over it. <laughs> so, Rob, how have you done on your film watching since we last... 
Film watching, um, not so good this week. More TV than film. But um, on the film front, obviously, we spoke last week of um, the Halloween franchise. Um, You spoke about Halloween uh, H20. So um, I was really happy to see that Amazon had put a load of Halloween films on there. And I went and watched Halloween H20. Thank you so much for calling it Halloween H20, by the way. I I really... (laughs) Fucking annoys me when people call it H two O. It does my head in. So, so genuine. Thank you for calling it H twenty. That's you and me on, on planet Earth that calls it by its correct title. So, um, so Stu's going to be going. Why are you watching them all? This new one's not connected. Ha ha! You just wasted lots of your time there. No, because I actually do quite like Halloween H two O. There you go. Just to, <laughs> just to annoy you just a little bit, but yeah, I actually do quite like it. It it's not very yeah, good. But it's still one of the better ones than the later stuff and easily better than the Rob Zombie pieces of poop that he created. Are you not a fan of the first Rob Zombie one no, either? No, I, I'm not a fan of both Rob Zombie ones because he tried to make them in a weird sequel to uh, to House of a Thousand Corpses and yeah. The Devil's Rejects. That's what he was doing. He was making them secretly a sequel to those those two films there. So that, that's why they just did not click. At least it's better than some of other Rob Zombie stuff, but I actually really like House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, but yeah. they're not Halloween films. So why does he have to make Halloween, his versions, Halloween 1 and 2, feel like they are like the Devil's Rejects? Halloween 2's awful. The Rob it's Zombie really one. bad. And I like the first Rob Zombie one. Yeah, the first half of it was kind of interesting, a little bit sweary or whatever. Second half was like a greatest hits of the Michael Myers years. So that kind of annoyed me. And then when he did the second one, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch that. And it was bloody awful. It's terrible. So not good. Um, Halloween Resurrection is probably my low point, I think, of the Halloween films. And uh, four and five's a bit iffy as well. At least they're watchable. They are kind of watchable. <laughs> but I still will say that I really do like Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. So not many do, but I quite like that one but no Michael Myers in that. So. Nope. So there you go. So, yeah, how many of these have you watched, Rob? Um, I've watched the first um, three Halloweens and then um, Halloween H20. Nice. So have they got Halloween 2 and 3 on there as well? Or uh, just... I'm not sure. Uh, I'm just hoping they've got Halloween 4 because that's where I want to pick yeah, up uh, th- from th- next. I think 4 is on there. Because it's uh, which one is it? Rever- is it Return of Michael Myers? I think fourth one, and then because they've got the numbers and then they've got the weird title yeah. at the end of it. So and then there's Curse of Michael Myers, which is five. Oh, I can't remember. It's a long time since I've seen some of these. Yeah. So, but they are quite cool. So, have you watched more horror films this month, Stu, than normal months, or are you just pretty much ticking along through no, the, the twelve months going, of the year? Go- Going through films, non-horror and horror films as usual. So um, it's just the way it lands out when when they're reviewing films for my own show. So having to watch films that are non-horror and having to watch films that are horror. Well, I have a body bag. It's not actually a body bag. It's a whole world (laughs) that is filled with horror films. So we've been sort of pulling those out and just watching some serious random stuff. It's like today I've watched... uh, What have I watched? I'm going to go through a lot of the stuff that I've watched. I'll go through the horror ones first and let me know if you've seen these or whatever. Scream 4, I watched. I'd I'd never seen it. And I realised that I like the Scream franchise, but I'd never finished it. And uh, so I thought, right, I'm going to get around to watching Scream 4. 
and it was all right. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't amazing, but it was enjoyable, and I have now caught up to date with the Scream movie franchise, so that was pretty good. It's a film that tries to be meta beyond meta, above meta, and going past meta. Yes, exactly. It should be Scream it's, Four meta. It's like it's um, Deadpool has looked at it and gone, "I wonder if I can do better than that," and just realised there's no chance I'm going meta, meta beyond meta. No. <laughs> Uh, we then watched Stephen King's Needful Things because Annette's just finished reading a book, so that was pretty good. Uh, we watched this is two films that we watched today. I'd seen one of them before, Annette had seen neither of them. I introduced her to Zombieland from two thousand and nine. Mm. Have you seen that one, Rob? I was. Saying, I have indeed. What do you think? I like it. I loved it. Yeah, it's great. I'd seen it before, but I just <laughs> forgot how funny and charming that film was. Yeah, those are the kind of movies that I could happily go kind of back to and watch again. Yep. Uh, the only good film from Ruben Fleischer. What has he Still. done since? What's he done since? Venom. Then? Oh God. Okay. Yeah, he he directed Venom, which is watchable, but that's about the best you're gonna get from Venom. <laughs> um, he did Thirty Minutes or Less as well. Yeah, that was not amazing. Yeah, it's not very good as well. So yeah, he's done a couple of films. He's obviously doing um, Zombieland Two, shooting that starts in January. For an October release. That is good news. I'm happy about that. Because it's the original cast coming back. It is indeed, yeah. That is good. Uh, But yeah, it was was funny. So I enjoyed that. And then we watched... It's a British film. It's one I've had on the DVD shelf for only about three years. So, you know, I've got around to watching this one quick. And it's Dominic Brunt's first film, I think. And it's called Bait. Stu, you must have seen that one. I've seen a film called Bait with a Shark in it. Yeah, it's not this one. No, this is okay. a British one. And it's about it's about loan sharks. So technically there is a shark in it. Mm. But it's it's grounded in reality. It's a British film. Uh, Joanne Mitchell and somebody else, I've forgotten, Victoria Smurfit, I think she's called. They are, they have got a market stall where they sell cakes and they, they want to try and go into a shop. And they somehow get, pressured into taking a loan from a really vicious bastard of a loan shark and it's it's not so much a house invasion film but christ it's brutal it's very very brutal i put it on and annette knew who directed it she's like that's the guy out of emmerdale i might it is she went all right uh, can we do the half hour rule which basically means if the film sucks then she could switch it off so i'm like yeah yeah it's fine we'll, we'll do the half hour rule but the film survived. She loved it. it was, and it is really, really good. But it's there's a lot of blood flying around in that film. So that is not the, the shark one. This is the British yeah. one. So I'll yeah, check the, it out. The shark one is bad. Oh, Bait is good, the one that I've seen. It's an Australian film, the shark one. Bait 3D, but it was, um, wasn't released in 3D over here. And it's just about a shark in a shopping mall after a storm hits. <laughs> A shark in a shopping mall. How yeah. long would that last? It did it get flooded? The shopping mall. Yeah, the shopping mall. After a huge, massive tsunami hits um, this small little town in Australia, and it completely floods the shopping mall itself, and these people are caught inside with a shark. Okay, that sounds yeah. sounds unique. <laughs> um, Not when you've got shark nado with sharks in space, so and time traveling sharks. Sorry, in the last shark nado film. Time traveling sharks. Time traveling sharks. It's like they nicked the TARDIS and took it for a joyride. <laughs> How? What, what sort of time zones do they end up in? <laughs> Multiple <laughs> different ones. Multiple different time zones to go from the past to the future. Wow. 
It's, I just think they were covering everything they possibly could because it was the last Sharknado film, so they're not making another one. It's just like that the sharks seem to get a brunt when it comes to horror movies. You've got that film Five-Headed Shark. They did uh, One-Headed Shark, Two-Headed Shark, Three-Headed Shark. They skipped Four-Headed Shark and then went to Five-Headed Shark. <laughs> That's insane. I didn't even know these films mm. existed. I knew Sharknado existed, obviously, but... Yeah, there's, didn't, didn't know there was five-headed sharks. There's one called Shark Topless versus mm-hmm. um, Oct- Octa something, and it's a shark mixed with a something versus an octopus mixed with something else. <laughs> people get mo- tentacles and stuff. People get money for these, though. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a company called The Asylum, which um, releases all of these films. They're known for releasing very low-budget movies, very similar to the trauma stuff in the 80s and early 90s. Um, And if you go all the way back to canon films, very similar to that kind of stuff from like the 70s and 80s with the actions stuff where the budgets were pretty much non-existent. That's what they've done with this this lot. It's just the budget is pretty much non-existent, but there seems to be um, a group of people out there that wants to see these kind of films. So I think it's very suiting that they're called Asylum. Yeah, Asylum. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> so I've watched a few that are non-horror related because I've been trying to mop up franchises that I do quite like that I've never seen. So I finished off Rush Hour this week. <laughs> so I watched Rush Hour 3. I'm pretty sure I knew why I didn't watch that one beforehand because it's it's an it's a nothing film, the third one. I quite enjoyed the first two, but Chris Tucker annoys the crap out of me in pretty much any film he's in. He was all right in Friday; he's quite funny in that. But he annoyed me in The Fifth Element, and he kind of bugs me in the Rush Hour movies as well. But I've now seen all the Rush Hour films, so I'm quite happy with that. Um, Ride Along. Oh. For some reason, I had the DVD on the shelf and I'm like, Do you know what, I'll just I'll watch it. It was alright, it wasn't great. Uh, there is a ride along too, which I'll probably watch at some point in the near distant future, but it's not great. I'm guessing you weren't a fan too. Oh for God's sakes the bad films. <laughs> Let's see how we do this third one then. Deep Water Horizon. It's possible. It is it's it's possible, but it it's just Peter Berg doing what Peter Berg likes to do best. Ooh, look at those explosions. I'm a cheap version of uh, Michael Beer. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's what I thought when I was watching. Let's get Mark Wahlberg to star in another film of mine and let's Mark Wahlberg show how brilliant of an actor he isn't. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's put Kurt Russell in there, though. Kurt Russell was yeah. all right, but he was kind of underused. He was just he spent most of the time out of the way, really. But I, I enjoyed it. It's... It's weird, though, because it's like, how can you enjoy a true story film where 11 people died on a fiery oil rig? But it was a it was a well-made film that I'm glad I've watched. It's probably better than saying, oh, I enjoyed it. I recommend you watch it. Yeah, but so. You can sort of like see that with films where they are based on true events um, that you enjoyed it. Look at, for example, Everest, the Balthasar Comicor film. That was um, good. It is, it's a really good film and definitely worth a watch. Adrift, not so much, which, he's, uh, which was his latest film. Not so much, even though it's based on a re- uh, true story. It's just the way that film is actually situated and the way it's constructed. It doesn't work. Um, but even films like Eddie the Eagle, um, that's a fun, entertaining film to watch, even though it's based on true events. So you can make them entertaining and fun to watch. And even if they are a serious subject, you can make it really intriguing to watch. It's just that Peter Burke, when he decides to do movies based on real subjects, it's just 
Yeah, you're trying to Michael Beerize these movies. You're trying to actionize them a lot more so than what went on. So stop doing that. Yeah. At least it wasn't Battleship. So there is one. Yeah, let's uh, make there a, is, there let's is one make a movie off for a board game. That's a smart idea. I wonder what happened to the Hungry Hippos movie. Still in production hell, actually. Well, I'm still waiting for the Monopoly movie by Ridley Scott to come out. So, you know, yeah, wh- where, is, where is that? A Minecraft movie and... I Minecraft think... Minecraft movie is still actually happening. That's very slowly getting um, made now. But the, why buy the rights to Hasbro film Hasbro stuff? Why make a Hungry Hippos movie? Why make a Kaplunk movie? What's the point? A Tetris film? <laughs> That's still actually yeah. Uh, they're they're actually making yet. a film about Tetris. That is yeah. insane. They're making um, a spin off um, for Jonesy the Cat from Aliens. <laughs> I wish. Yep, that they are. No, how, how could they possibly do that? I, do, that? I, really, I really don't know, <laughs> but they are. Oh, my God. Can we get Bill Murray to voice it a la Garfield? Because that might work. <laughs> are they really doing a Jonesy movie? Yeah. Oh, my God. They're creating the illustrated uh, novel first, and then they're turning the illustrated novel into a film. That's that's insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, spin-offs. Yeah, love them. Got to love them. Uh, I watch, have you seen Skyscraper? Yes, it's bad. Isn't it? Oh, my God, is that bad. I like The Rock. I think he's quite good. I think his films are entertaining. They're fun. But Skyscraper, I got really bored with that. It was... Yeah. It, I was talking to somebody at work today. Uh, not today. Like Friday or whatever it was. And I'd mentioned I'd seen it. And they went, oh, is, is, is it any good? I went, well, it's all right to stare at. You just look at it and go, well, the visual effects are quite good. And it's basically like Die Hard without Alan Rickman or any cool terrorists and without Bruce Willis and stuff like that. It's just a rock trying to get into a building to rescue his family. Um, and for some reason, they, they give him this, they, or they rather they take away his leg. So he's a disabled mm-hmm. guy. And apparently the reason he wanted to do this film, this guy was telling me, was to show that he could show that... A, a person with a disability would not be hindered and they could still do stuff. And I'm thinking, but The Rock hasn't got one leg. <laughs> and that's all I could think of. It's like, you know, if you take a leg away from me and then take a leg away from The Rock, The Rock will be a better, stronger, faster, tougher human being than me. So he's not like the average person. But it's like, I kept going back to the fact that if they'd picked an actor who had one leg, and then he was doing all his own stunts and stuff, then I'm all right with that. But Rock, you don't have one leg, so it's not a movie about a disabled person who isn't hindered. It's It was weird. It's That, that was the weirdest thing about that film, I think. Yeah, it's Die Hard meets the Terror and Infer. No, emphasize on the no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's not as good as either of those films anyway. Yeah. It was bizarre. The building was kind of cool, though, but it was... This, it was it makes no sense. The Rock, is, I think his job was head of security, just been hired by this, this uh, I think he was Japanese or, or Asian dude, yep. who went, oh, pleased to meet you. You are good at your job. Here, have this little tablet, which gives you, and only you, entire control of my building. <laughs> and then he goes out, and he's wandering around with it in his backpack, and somebody steals his backpack, and then ends up with his tablet and takes control over the entire building. You're like, why would this guy have let you have control over the entire flipping building. You'd at least have a backup. Crazy. So it's kind of daft, visually pleasing nonsense. 
Mm. So I watched that one. And then the final film that I watched, which was a very, very different film to Skyscraper, is an American one called Eighth Grade. Have you heard of that one, Stu? Um, rings a bell. It's... I'm trying to think how they would... It, it follows... Because I had to tweet. I put tweet going right to all American people out here. How old is somebody from the eighth grade? Because, well, I don't know. I don't know how old they are. But apparently they're 13, 14. And my God, can't you tell when you're watching this film? Because this film follows this girl who's 13, 14. She's just about to go up to high school. And she's a moody little... Oh, my good God. And apparently it's really accurate because it's one of the first films that portrays the the world from their point of view and it shows you what it's like to be that age and it's probably right i mean you know i, I remember one of annette's daughters being around that age and you're like yep i remember that phase i remember that phase oh i remember that phase but my god the film's annoying it's a well-made film but jesus it just makes you want to just throttle everybody it's 13 and 14 because <laughs> they're always on the phones they're always they're obsessed with oh nobody's liked my youtube video and there's a scene where she's sitting at the dinner table with her dad who's trying to speak to her and she keeps taking her headphones out. She's like, what? I'm on my phone. And he's just trying to have a conversation with her. Oh, my God. She's doing me head in. But the film was quite interesting. Um, until the girl starts Googling how to give blowjobs on YouTube. You're like, I hope this film doesn't get as uncomfortable as I think it's going to get. And then she tries this. Her dad catches her with a banana. She's trying to take it to her room. And he's like, I didn't think you liked bananas. She's like, yeah, I love bananas. He's like, all right, we'll eat the banana now. And she's like, uh, okay. But no, no, she wasn't sneaking out to her room to eat it. Oh, <laughs> shudder. But yeah, it was, it was uh, an interesting film. So that's called Eighth Grade. Uh, so I watched that the same day I watched Skyscraper. <sighs> so Rob, um mm. Are you just going to keep blitzing to your Halloween movies until you've caught up with them all, or have you got anything else on your your, your plate lined up? No, I think Halloween is going to take over, and um, kind of looking at what I've watched this week, um, I kind of seem to have fallen into uh, the, the kind of Halloween scary movie trap anyway, even though you know most of it's been TV. I've caught up on season nine of The Walking Dead, so I've watched the first two episodes in season nine of that i'm up to date with the purge still um i've watched obviously the haunting of hill house which keeps um it just gets to me why did they name it that it always reminds me of the house on haunted hill um and um yeah so everything i've watched this week really has been kind of kind of scary stuff um with the exception of after this podcast i think i'm gonna go and watch a few episodes of big bang season 11 because i've realized it's back on netflix it is. Yep, I so, uh, I've watched the first three, uh, um, and I'm quite I'm kind of glad that show's finishing next year because mm-hmm. it kind of needs to. But for me, the Big Bang Theory is one of those shows where you go, do you know what? I'm just going to sit down and eat lunch. I need something to stare at. Yeah. I'll, I'll just put a Big Bang Theory on. That's that's how I end up watching those episodes. They're kind of stupid, but and they're great for if you've just got your phone with you or a tablet or something. You want to be on Twitter, send a few tweets out. Big Bang playing in the background. Exactly, but yeah, full season 11's on there. Yes. So, uh, Stu, what have you watched? What can you educate us on that we should have watched that's maybe come out over the past few weeks? Anything yeah, um, I'll stay away from horror, considering I've yabbered on about horror a little bit too much. Um, Bad Times at the El Royale. Okay, heard of it, you, yep. 
the new Drew Goddard film, the film where people are looking at it and saying it's very similar to the Quentin Tarantino movies. But I think Drew Goddard is a better writer than Tarantino, easily a better writer, because I think Tarantino just thinks that he's edgy when in fact he's not. He's being too cheesy and campy. Um, whereas with this, with Drew Goddard, it's a very slow burner film. It's on for a good two two hours and 20 minutes. But the way he actually tells a story about a hotel that's situated on the state lines between two different states, uh, Nevada and California. And um, it's set in the 60s itself after incidents happened at this hotel um, where it was sort of like a, deemed as a speakeasy and high or people used to go there and we discover the past of the hotel itself and then this group of characters, eclectic mix of characters show up and we learn their backstory as to why they are at the hotel and what's going on with them before insanity starts to ensue and you've got a character played by Chris Hemsworth who shows up pretty much in the last third of the movie as a cult leader and wondering why he's there as well. It's a very well-written film, very well-directed film, beautiful to look at as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's just the way Drew Goddard writes He's got a very witty style to Therese writing and it definitely shows in something like Bad Times at the El Royale because if it was, like I said, if it was under the guise of Quentin Tarantino, he'd be throwing the end bomb across it multiple times and he would think that he's making something edgy when in fact he is just some, making something that we've seen a million times before with nothing interesting attached to it, which is the way Tarantino has done his last few films. They've, I think his quality has gone downhill a lot. We'll see what he does uh, with Once Upon a Time in America. He's filmed based on the Manson killings. Uh, but I think he's just more interested in a huge, massive cast rather than an intriguing film. But I think the way Drew Goddard directed this film there and wrote it, I think he actually handled it with such a plum that um, Quentin Tarantino needs to actually look at how Drew Goddard writes things and maybe get him under his wing a little bit to help him out with um, tightening up his script and maybe he's on, on uh, Once Upon a Time in America. But we'll see. Yeah. Quentin needs to surround himself with a few people who might actually go, do you know what? No. Yeah, stop Rather, it. No. Yeah. yeah, stop surrounding yourself with people who tell you how amazing you are, Quentin. Do you need yeah. some uh, reality grounding? So I, I definitely recommend um, recommend that. One film I definitely don't recommend that did not um, resonate with me at all is The Predator. Oh, God, yeah. I, I really wanted to watch that until it came out, and then people watched it, and then I decided, yeah, I'm going to wait for that, because people are not liking that film at all. Is it really as bad as... Yeah, I'm not a... I'm surprised... To, you'll be surprised to hear, I'm not a huge Shane Black fan. Um, I'm not a huge fan of his films itself. And um, so alarm bells started to ring a little bit when I did... Know, um, when I when I heard it was Shane Black that was actually directing the film itself... But um, you would think that with him being involved in the original Predator film, that he would actually be able to bring something to it. And the fact that it's written by Fred Decker, who directed The Monster Squad, to which Shane Black wrote. So they're sort of like flipping on their head a little bit because Fred Decker wrote the script for um, The Predator and um, Shane Black's directed it. But it just felt like it was vignettes stitched together and nothing worked at all. It just did not have the, the fun of the original Predator. It just did not have the sort of like campiness in a way of Predator 2 with the gore mixed in. Because, yeah, Predator is got gory, but not as gory as Predator 2. And I actually quite like Predator 2. Um, so it hasn't got all that. It just did not have... It, it wasn't as intriguing as the previous Predator film, the Robert Rodriguez one, because I even think that's a better movie than this. It's just... This is just flimsy. It's too flimsy. It's too loose. And it thinks it's funny when it's, none of the jokes hit at all. It's just a major misstep. Definitely don't recommend The Predator. 
And just like I said, just a mixture of films here and there. So I saw that Crazy Rich Asians, which a lot of people loved, and I thought it was a really good film as well. Comedy, uh, rich people, you would think, oh, God, this is going to be bad. But it's actually quite fun, and it's got a decent message behind it. So, And obviously the Housey Clocky Walls film, which I thought was pants. Um, I am going to start calling it that now because I quite uh, like that name. The Housey Clocky Walls film, um, yeah. Venom, which I've already mentioned. I was forced to watch Escape Plan 2. Hades. Oh, I, I lasted 20 minutes at that because I got a screener of that. They like Stallone, they really do. And I put the film, I'm like, this does not seem like it's got anything to do with the first film. What the frick's going on? And I just I ended up bailing out of that one. It's garbage. It's real Awful. garbage. I, I actually managed to last all the way through to the end of the film itself, and it's absolute garbage. Stallone, surprisingly, is actually doing a horror film called Hunter, which was okay. uh, an abandoned script for Rambo 5, which he's also doing that as well. But, Have you seen the picture with him wearing his yeah. cowboy get-up? I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. Yeah, Rambo, Cowboy Rambo, and a horror film called Hunter. Um, but yeah, it's not. It's awful. It's one of the worst films I've seen this year. Um, yeah, I would, Plan I would, Two. I'd put it on my list. Has it got Schwarzenegger in this one? Is he nowhere to no, be seen? He's not in it at he's, all. He's gone. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and just a few films here and there. So, going alongside Escape Plan Two was that Show Dogs, which again, unfortunately, I had to watch. I got the short straw. And that's an, an awful, awful film. <laughs> I wish when they do kids' films with animals in it, they go back and watch things like Turner and Hooch and Every Which Way But Loose and things like that and Key and Nine because that's how you do it. You don't put talking animals in films. They don't work. <laughs> They've never worked. So just watch films like Turner and Hooch and Key and Nine and Every Which Way But Loose if you want to make an entertaining kids' film with animals in it. So, while we're on Turner and Hooch, somebody at my workplace, they walked past my sort of bank of desks and we're having a conversation with somebody way behind them, but they carried on as we're walking away. And she said, I watched that Turner and Hooch. I like Tom Hanks. That film was well fucking depressing. What's all that about? They put it on thinking it was just a doggy film and it broke them. It emotionally had scarred them. Well, just imagine if they watch Molly and Me after it then. Oh, don't my dog skip. Yeah, I, I maintain that is that's a horror film. That one that's that scarred me. That red one. Dog, oh, the oh, red, I, red Dog. I absolutely adore Red Dog, but imagine them watching Red Dog, as well. There's a horror film festival for kids. Marley and Me, My Dog Skip, Red Dog, <laughs> and Old uh, Yellow just to finish it off. Oh, they're really young kids. Let's put Bambi on. Yep. Perfect. So, what have you? What I mean, you've watched quite a few films over the past few months, Rob. What springs to mind? of the really good ones that you've watched because you, you are probably watching more because you're on a movie podcast now so it kind of does push you a little bit doesn't it to watch things yeah to me kind of um the ones that's really have stood out have probably been like um kick-ass just a really feel-good movie that i could probably watch over and over and you know just kind of relax and unwind and, and not really think about much but just just watch some kind of fun on screen um uh, so something like that um what else? Um, I, saying that, I really enjoyed um, the DC movies I've been watching as well recently. So, yeah, um, I'd say, yeah, those movies for me. The, the funniest story, which you've probably not heard, Stu, was, <laughs> it was a couple of weeks back, Rob came on and he went, <laughs> I've been watching the DC movies, and I quite like them. I watched The Man of Steel, and then I watched Justice League, and it's like, the frick! Superman's dead. I'm like, have you not seen? Have you not watched Batman v Superman? I went, no, I've not seen that yet. Are you watching them at the wrong order? It's like, where's Superman gone? What's all that about? How did he die? It's like, okay. None of them are good films, anyway. So, oh, 
I like some of them. Oh, they're awful. Wonder Woman's probably the the exception, but even that falls into the superhero problem. Yeah, the, the sort of battle at the end. Mm-hmm. It's like they need to start doing something that doesn't that's not going to happen because it's the only way they can think to end a superhero film so they're not going to end it off in an original way it just will not happen I still like (laughs) Batman v Superman but I think it's pants I even watched the extended edition and crikey that's three hours of drivel (laughs) it is my favourite superhero movie actually the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman followed by Batman Begins and Superman the Christopher Reeve ones one and two Mm -hmm. You, you and Andy um, have definitely got something in common there because he thinks Batman vs. Superman, The Ultimate Cut, is a fantastic film. I do. And that's three yeah. hours I definitely want of my life back. <laughs> You're not getting <laughs> The amount of drivel you've yeah. watched, I think you can let Batman vs. Superman keep those three hours. Yes, but those drivels are only like 90 minutes, so it's yeah, not like, an, an, uh, like three hours, so it's not like two drivel films back to back. I've done that before, though. Oh, well, watch two awful films back to back. It's not good. How many films could you watch in a day? I don't mean like time wise, so you could do it. But do you get to a point where you go, right, I've watched enough now? I can't do more than two nowadays. I've discovered. I think the most I've ever watched in a deer in that front there is about five. I think I can get to about five, and then that's about it. What about you, Rob? How many do you think you could watch before you go, right, I'm kind of bored watching films now? Um, well, if it's. Um a toss-up between going to work or watching movies. I'll sit there all day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I still can't watch more than two, though, even when I've got days off. But uh, I don't know. It's like this week I've watched nine films since Monday. That's insane. And I've been at work all week, so I don't know how the hell I've managed to do that. You and haven't then, been doing your job properly, and you've just been sitting there watching Netflix? Yeah, it's probably about right, actually. Uh, I've not done too much typing, I suppose, because I've still been getting over monkey viruses. But And then, you know, we'll get Bob coming on and go, what have you watched on your week off? Nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I feel really bad showing up with, like, nine different little mini-reviews. I watched that advert on TV, and that was enjoyable. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, watch some YouTube. It's like, it does not count. does not count at all. So, uh I'm trying to, yeah. So I watched Rush Hour 3, finished that off, Scream 4. Are there any franchises, Stu and Rob, that you do like? So, not ones that are shit where you just bail out, but are there any franchises that you've watched that for some reason you've just never finished? Is there any spring to mind? Rob, I guess you've probably, hopefully, got a little bit of a list. I have, I've got a few uh, a few going here. So, um, if we go, we'll go through yours and then that way it gives Stu time to think about ones that he may not have completed. I'm yeah, guessing mine, most of them will be horror related mine are obviously very mainstream so I've got um, the first one on my list the Jurassic Park kind of Jurassic World saga um, mainly because um, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom hasn't come out on kind of TV yet, it's not Netflix it's not on Amazon or at least it's not on Amazon for, for, for me to watch for free on Prime um, so kind of I never get to go to the cinema anymore. So as soon as things come out on TV, that's when I watch them. So, you know, I really enjoy that franchise. So I'll look forward to that coming out. Yeah, uh, don't, don't look forward to it too much, but just look forward to it a little bit. It, it, know, that... After your review saying it's Jurassic Park with, uh, well, Jurassic World with Home Alone, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I want to know which <laughs> one it was. You know, are they staying on the on an island? Are they going somewhere else? You know, which dinosaur well, leave? <laughs> 
it, it was kind of weird because you watch the trailers and you go, I know what sort of film I'm going to get. And then you watch the film and you're like, hang on a minute. This has just changed where I thought it was headed. So it kind of threw me. But there are some, there's sort of one really amazing scene in it where they're, they're on a boat type thing, which I thought was really well done. But I'm still not quite sure what I thought of the film. I know it disappointed Stu quite a lot. Yep. Because uh. this is the first film that J.A. Biona's done that wasn't amazing. Which is, it It sucks, because I was really hoping the film would be great, because there's very few filmmakers out there that have 100% success, mm-hmm. and this guy was one of them, and he's kind of misstepped. But again, for me, I, I blame Colin Trevorrow more so than one Antonio Bayona, because yeah. the script that um, Bayona had to work on was just awful. It was just awful, and so I think he tried his best. You can tell the first half of, half of the film is a Trevorrow movie. It's definitely a Trevor Trevor movie. The last half of the film is more Bayona in in scenes where you're relating to the Home Alone stuff. But I look at it being very more like Nosferatu in the way the dinosaur moves around inside um, the the house itself. So the, the, I see that as being very Bayona. But the first half is just it's like an action film that's from a completely different movie. It, it definitely is like two separate films. It's mm. it's odd. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so you'll get around to watching that one at some point. And, uh, yeah. What else have you got? Uh, Die Hard. I've uh, watched the first three in uh, my younger years. Really, really enjoyed the movies. Didn't realise that there were seven in total up up until now. No, so five. Uh, five. Well, according to what I read earlier, it was seven. Well, there's there's five at the minute, but there's a sixth one coming out, which is a prequel. Uh, which one rumour is that they're going to get Bruce Willis playing himself. I don't know how that's going to work <laughs> or not. But you've got Die Hard 1, 2, 3, or Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Die Hard, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is the third one, Die Hard 4.0, and A Good Day to Die Hard, which is awful. Uh, four's bearable, you, sort of. But number five's freaking awful. Because uh, you've got Bruce Willis and Jai Courtney in there. Great pairing. But... Uh, yeah, so I, pr- I probably jumped off at a good place then. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, obviously, we, we've spoken uh, this week, Stuart, um, and we were having a little chat, and uh, the Harry Potter franchise came up, and that's something that I've only ever got to, I think, the third film. Um, and I just, I don't know why I haven't watched the rest. Um, you know, they're good movies, but I just haven't got around to it. So Harry Potter's on the list. Um, Halloween, of course. Um, we spoke of that already. Um, and the other one on my list is James Bond. I kind of jumped off when uh, it was kind of Pierce Brosnan came along and never really kind of bothered watching anymore. But it'd be so interesting to go back and see what what's what. How many Brosnan ones have you watched then? Um, I think probably just the one. Just Goldeneye. Yeah. Wow. That's. I mean, that's probably what. So you got four Daniel Craigs mm-hmm. so far, and probably another f- three or four Brosnan. I see about seven films. That's doable. Yeah. Um, oh. for for me, Sean Connery was always my favourite, and you know I didn't mind kind of other people, but when Pierce Brosnan, it was kind of like I don't know the new era of James Bond for me, and I just I, I don't for, for whatever reason I just left it there. 
How are you doing on the Bond movies, Steve? Because you're not a massive Bond fan, them. but, but it, always, <laughs> it, makes, it makes me laugh. I think for the past three years or whatever, probably the past three Bond movies, it's like, still got I hate Bond movies. What did you watch them. this week? I went to see Spectre. Why? You don't like Bond <laughs> movies. Did you like it? No, shit. Oh, my God. It's it's one of those running uh, running jokes, I think. I haven't you know, seen them all. Fun. I've seen a few of them, but I haven't seen them all. Yeah. No desire to go and watch them all. God, no. What is it you hate about them? I just, I, I, they've never clicked with me. They've just never, ever clicked with me. I've never found them entertaining at all. I just find them cheesy and really, really frustrating to watch. And I like cheesy films, but I find them really frustrating to watch. It's just, they, they just really do not click. They're so disjointed, the movies themselves. They don't have a decent structure to them at all. The acting, I think, is bad. Most of the time, not all of the time, most of the time, there is little elements here and there where the acting is pretty decent, but I've just never been able to click with them. Okay, cool. <laughs> Do you think you will go back and watch them, Rob? Yeah, at some yeah. point. Um, obviously, um, what I'll need is um, Netflix or Amazon or something like that. Just, just stick a load up there for me, and um, when I've got nothing else to watch, then uh, I'll click the play button. Do you find, so you mentioned Netflix and Amazon quite a few times, mm-hmm. do you watch the majority of your films on Netflix and Amazon or TV now, or do you still, have you got a reasonable DVD or Blu-ray collection? No, unfortunately, the you know the only things I'll add to kind of my Blu-ray collection are things like I really love, so Star Trek, that kind of thing. Um, I just you know, don't have the cash to, to go out and keep um, kind of updating the collection. So with having a streaming service there and available to me, I'll watch the majority on there. Um, it, it, obviously, you, you're in their hands and, you know, quite often I find myself, especially with Netflix, like I say, I think we touched on it the other week, just flicking through thinking, God, have you not added anything new whatsoever? And um, I can eat quite easily, I suppose, spend 30 minutes just flicking through Netflix thinking, God... What can I watch? Do you not make your list? No. No? So I do that, I'll sit and go, right, well, I'm not going to watch anything tonight, but I'm going to browse through it and just make my list on the mm. Netflix app, and then just that way when I do go on to watch something, I go, oh, yeah, what's on my list? And and check it out that way. I think um, recommendations are definitely the, the way to go because I'll quite happily kind of sit through and kind of dismiss things just because I don't like the look of um, kind of the... the the screenshot that kind of flashes up on the screen or um you know all the kind of 10 words that are on there sound a bit boring so i'll just move on and you know i could be missing some right gems but yeah um that's the way it is it is a bit of a lucky dip isn't it i think yes it's still a better dashboard than amazon though yes ugly looking dashboard i think amazon's algorithm is let's just change it up every time you hit it we'll give you something brand new we'll get rid of categories that were there two hours ago and uh you just left kind of wandering through going god i can't find the thing and uh, so you go sod it i'm gonna go back to netflix and just find something there yeah that's the thing um i've got um fire tv and I'll, i'll sit there and I think I, b- I bought this box and, and for, for months I, all I watched on net was Netflix and then I realised bloody hell this thing's got Amazon <laughs> and then uh, kind of started watching you know a bit of Amazon there as well but yeah for, for so long I was just watching Netflix on an Amazon device not 
not kind of noticing that that up there is a movie section that takes me all the way to Amazon. Does even more stuff to watch in the time we don't have. Yes. What about you, Stu? The majority of your stuff digital nowadays, or is it pretty mixture? much? No, yeah. pretty much digital. Do Do either of you guys rent stuff digitally? Nope. I don't either. No, the only thing is. Um, Kind of when you get these offers, you know, right now for for subscribers, we're going to give you um, a free copy of X. Just keep, click here, and we'll add it to your account. So I'll go and do that, just so I've got it. Um, but no, I won't spend any money on things. I'm I'm tight. <laughs> Me too. I, was, I, w- I would rather go to the shop and pay. It's like when I watch Solo or Ready Player One or whatever. I'll still go out and buy the Blu-ray mm. rather rather than rent it from a streaming service. Well, yeah, you, then you own something. Yeah, and I could pass it on to Bob, who doesn't watch it. Although, to be fair, he did watch Ready Player One, so that's uh, that's progression, I think. I don't think he's watched Avengers Infinity War yet, but uh, I live in hope. So, Stu, have you had a think about these franchises that you quite like that you may never have finished, and why didn't you finish them? Yeah, um, Puppet Master. I've oh, watched God, a few yeah. of the Puppet Master films. There's 13 in the series. Um, well, the latest I think one. I've yeah, seen the, three. three. <laughs> Axis, is, Axis of Evil is the, the latest one, um, which is on Amazon. I think all 13 films are actually on Amazon Prime. Oh, um, so they're all on there. There's a couple that I haven't watched. I think I've watched about nine of them. Um, so I, I can't include Hellraiser into this lot because I've seen every single one of the Hellraiser films, and there's 10 of them. <laughs> so I've seen I, all I, of I, them. S- Four, I think I've seen of Hellraiser. Yeah, I've but seen, I bailed out because it's a bit shit. I've seen ten, all ten. So, um, I've seen, surprisingly I've seen every single one of the Carry On films as well, all thirty-one of them. Wow. So there, there's more Carry On films than there is Bond films. But yep. yeah, I've seen every single one of them. So another franchise, the Home Alone franchise. There's five of those, and I bailed out after two. Yeah, obviously, I did. Yeah. first two were brilliant. The three, four, and five are awful. They are really awful. Different kid. Free Willy, that was another one, wasn't it? First two, fine. Yeah. And then I think there's like four of them. You're like, where's everybody that I knew from the original? Gone. Yeah, Willy got free too many times. Certainly um, the Land Before Time series. Um, I've watched the first couple of them. There's 14 in that series. <laughs> yeah, no, surprisingly. And the TV series. Yeah. But yeah, I watched the fir- I watched the first couple. Absolutely adore the first one. The first one, especially that Diana Ross song, always brings a tear to your eye with them um, little foot losing his mother. It's mm. just a, there's another uh, film to show the kids to scare them. Then, if that's the case, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's a really enjoyable from the films that I watched, but completely gave in. It's just very similar to like the Pokemon franchise as well. I watched the first two. There is another one to add onto the list, so that will make twenty one films in the series. Because they're wow. doing a sequel to Pokemon I Choose You, which came out last year, which I watched and felt like it was just telling the story of the first series, first couple of se- seasons of Pokemon, just in one 90-minute film, and it just felt too rushed. So um, I've seen a couple of them, and I did, unfortunately, watch that previous Pokemon film, but stopped watching that franchise after a while. What do you expect? 21 films in the franchise. That's too many. And then the one that will be no surprise to you, um, and no surprise to any other person out there well two actually franchises that'll be no surprise first one exorcist so what's the first one i still think it's one of the most overrated films of all time i just couldn't get through to the sequels especially <laughs> Ex- Ex- exorcist heretic which is awful anyway oh it's dreadful what happened to it? exorcist 2 i know it's awful um the, th- the third one's quite good because it's, i didn't get the third one it's it's kind of it's not 
part of the Exorcist mythology. It's a standalone film that is about a similar subject, yeah. but it was originally written as a crime thriller, and they adapted it to an Exorcist. So that's actually quite a good film. And then they did the two prequels, which I watched. Uh, one after I watched them both as well. It's it's the weirdest story ever, isn't it? Where Warner Brothers spent fifty, sixty million dollars on a film. The director went, "Here you go." Paul Schrader, I think it was, went, "Here yep. you go, finish." And he went, "That shit, go do it again." And they paid another sixty million dollars to a different director <laughs> to pretty much make the same story again with a totally different cast. Yep. Weirdest thing in Hollywood ever. And uh, so, uh, the yeah. only one I've not seen in the series is the third one. So I have seen um, the prequels, but and then the final one, the Godfather series. Yeah, you again. You're not a massive. I watched the first uh, Godfather and fell asleep. Well, nearly fell asleep. I found it stupidly boring, so I've never seen Godfather 2 or 3. Oh, God. <laughs> Which second, shocks a lot of people. Second one's really good, but I would say if you didn't like the first one, then nope. don't, don't bother with it. Didn't like one, it at all. No. Which, again, I get I get a lot of things thrown at me by movie fans going, what, you really didn't like The Godfather? And me, just to top it off, I hear that The Exorcist as well, so there you go, keep on throwing. I, c- I can't <laughs> stand Citizen Kane or 2001. I've never seen The Sound of Music or Casablanca. So, do you know what? We've all got our, uh, our crosses Gallic. to bear, yeah. I think. I can't get through 2001. I can appreciate it, but God, that's a dull film. <laughs> Not a fan. So that's my equivalent of your uh, Godfather, I think. Godfather and The Exorcist. Yeah. Here's one for you, Rob. Any films like that? So Stu hates The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hate 2001. Are there any beloved films that you just think are bloody awful that everyone can <laughs> agree for? Off the top of my head, I can't give you any. Um, maybe, maybe in a week's time. <laughs> but, but no, um, I'm one of those people. If I like something, then you know I'll remember it. If I don't don't like it, then it doesn't need to be in my head, so I'll just forget about it. Unfortunately, that's what my brain is actually like. It's just filled with uh, films that I hated. So I'm sort of like the opposite. If I love films, I'll absolutely rant on about the movies themselves. But I think I rant on more about the movies that I've hated, which is a big, huge, massive list. It's kind of like on the flip side of that, there's films that I really love that are universally hated. Like Meet Joe Black, I think is fantastic. Uh, Thin Red Line, love it. And uh, Blair Witch Project, I think, is one of the best horror films of all time. But they might Alien be three. Give, me, give me shit. Alien 3, I think, is fantastic. So do I. Um, but the majority of people go, no, it's dog shit. Get rid of it. I'm like, nope, it's, it's actually it's one of the best Alien films. Yes. I, I love it. It's great. So um, who was it that said yes? Was that Rob or was that Stu? That's me. Stu. That was you. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, it's in the, the Alien films, for me, are sort of like in the correct order of quality. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah. First one, favourite. Second one, second Equally favorite. good. Yeah, yeah that yep. works. Yep. But for me, three is not too much far behind two. Yeah. You know, it's a mm. little bit. So, you know, a few feet or whatever, but I'm not a fan of number four. And then they progressively get a little bit worse right up and to And he went on to direct Chocolat or Jean Pierre Genet. Oh, God. Jean Pierre Genet directed uh, Chocolat. And everybody battered poor old David Fincher for doing the third one, who went on to little-known films such as Fight Club, <laughs> The <Yeah>. Game, <laughs> Seven, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, uh, Girl with Dragon Tattoo. He's done all right as Fincher, so I was very happy. He's doing okay. So it's the, the very unknown little writer known as Joss Whedon. He's gone on to do um, important things as well. So, uh, Toy Story, I think he had a hand in yeah. writing that, I think. So yeah, he's, he's doing okay. He's scratching out a living, isn't he? It's just a smidge. Mm. Yeah. 
So the franchises that I did enjoy that I've never finished, Child's Play, I've only seen the first four of those. I think seven it's, of them. Like, six or seven of them. The Maze Runner, which I enjoyed the first one. I've just not watched anything beyond that. Oh. Uh, Divergent, I've seen the first two. I've never seen the third one. You don't want to, uh, it's awful. No. Triple X, I quite enjoyed the first two. Never bothered watching a new one. It's absolutely atrocious. Is it terrible? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> and uh, The Transporter, I've seen the first three, but never bothered watching that new one. You don't want to watch the new one, neither, that's because that's well. awful as well. <laughs> so I'm, I'm bailing out around the, the right sort pretty of time. Mu- pretty much, yes. The only ones that you, you do need to probably go back and watch is the the other two um, Maze Runner films, because the sequel is not too bad. It's watchable. It's like um, it's Mad Max for y- the younger audience. But the third one actually ends off on a pretty much decent high, so it's actually not too bad. And is that it for the Maze Runner? Now? Yeah, so there's only three, because the way it actually ends, it has a, a decent little ending to it. So, cool. I might sort of have a, a Maze Runner day at some point. And I think Divergent, I was going to watch the third one, and then there was a whole kerfuffle going, oh, we're, the fourth one's going to go to TV, or we might not make it, or we might make it with a different cast. I thought that franchise is in trouble. I'm out. It was in trouble with the second one. Was it? Oh, God. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, so, uh, what shall we talk about now? Uh, anybody got any right so I think I, I put a tweet or a text or whatever it was I think I might not have even sent it but I remembered it so you've, if you've got Halloween evening to watch two films and you've got your friends round if you've got friends I ain't got any friends because I don't know where Bob is <laughs> you, you guys live in different places so which two films would you set as a Halloween double bill I'm gonna go for uh, Night of the Living Dead which I watched the other week I still love that film mm-hmm. and um, mm, Trick or Treat which is amazing if you've not seen that one Rob nope. you've got to watch Trick or Treat it's amazing Okay. And I'm, I'm sure Stu would give a thumbs up on that one as well yeah make sure you watch the one Trick or Treat not Trick or Treat because Trick yeah. or Treat is not a very good film Trick or Treat is one of the, the two I was going to mention so where to go to steal that one yeah. or replace it with something else <laughs> See, that's pretty much why I figured I would steal it because I knew you'd come up with something else, so we would then yeah get an extra film out of it. So yeah, I've do. got another. I've got a replacement. What would you go for, Steve? Um, Hellraiser. Okay, first one. Yep, the first Hellraiser film, mm-hmm. and Return of the Living Dead three. The reason why I actually gone straight to number three is I like the Return of the Living Dead series, obviously apart from uh, Necropolis and Rear from the Grave, which is four and five. Um, Rear from the Grave is bad. Necropolis didn't is even, awful. Didn't even know there was five of them. Things. Yeah, there's there's five of them in the series. Um, I really like the first one. The first one is quite cheesy. It's just I think the way they got the stride right between the comedy and the horror was the third one. Um, because obviously in the the first one you've got it in a morgue where the girl is going brains, brains. I want to eat your brains, and the lad's going, okay, eat my brains, but be be um gentle. Okay, fine, that's a stupid thing to see. And then at the end of the second one, you've got that zombie head, which is going, brains, brains, and then they put a gun against him. Okay, okay, no more brains. But it's the third one with the the girl slowly transforming into a zombie, but remembering a lot of the things that she's done, which I actually quite enjoyed. So Return of the Dead 3 and Hellraiser. Good choice. Yep. Rob? Uh, For me, it would be um, the original Halloween movie, and um, Stephen King's It, but the first one, because I haven't seen the second one, so I don't know how it compares. Have you not watched the remake of It? No. Oh my God, you need to. 
Is it good? Yeah, uh, yes. It is. I, I didn't know. I, I knew it was going to be good when I went to the cinema, but it's it yeah, it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It's uh, It does up the game quite a lot compared to the TV miniseries. Oh. So, Steve, would you, rec- you would recommend it, Chapter 1, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Considering what the original director, Kari Fukunaga, was going to do with it, he was actually going to pretty much transfer everything that Stephen King wrote in the original novel, which if you read it, it's very dark and very brutal, uh, some of the stuff that he writes in that novel. The film itself, um, the Andy Muschietti one, is um, his version is slightly torn down compared to what Kari Fukunaga was going to do. There's a scene in the film where it involves rape, and he, he cut that out of the um, Kari Fukunaga script. And yeah, it, it is quite dark still, but not as brutal yeah. as it was originally going to be. Wow. Mm. Mm. But it is very good. I prefer it to the definitely to the TV miniseries. I mean, Tim Curry was amazing as Pennywise in the mm. TV one, but this new one does up the ante a lot. It's uh, yeah, it's very good. Yeah. So mm. I would I would definitely put that on your list of films to watch. I will when indeed. Pop, when, when it pops up on some sort of streaming service or something like that. So good choices. If you've good. got Sky, it's actually on there at the moment, so you can watch it on Now TV. I have indeed. Thank so you. It's on Now TV then. And it's, so they're also the, as of as of Friday, they've got Sky Movie Spooky. Okay. So they're showing a lot of like kids' films, which has got like a spooky undertone to it. And they are going to show the original cut of the Monster Squad as part of Sky Movie Spooky. So if you were looking for a list of films that are suitable for kids for Halloween, then watch Sky Movie Spooky from this Friday. Uh, I think that's the problem with uh, with Now TV, which which I've got, I've got all the movies on there, um, but you can't get it on your uh, Amazon Fire TV box, and that's the one that kind of seems to be on all the time. So I've got Netflix, Amazon, but not Now TV, and only very rarely now do I boot up the uh, the Now TV box. Which is, I've got um, a thing called uh, Nvidia Shield, which uh, pretty much has everything. It's like um, it is a it's a TV box, a streaming TV box, but it's Android based. But it's like a, a top of the uh, top of the range kind of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I paid about one hundred and fifty pound for it about a year and a half ago. But the best thing about it is it's open source, so you can have tons of different apps and APKs and stuff like that on it. But it has all the apps that you would normally find on a uh, on a Fire Stick or a Now TV box or anything like that. It's a handy mm-hmm. little thing to have, but it's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's four K as well, so it's perfect for that. Lovely. But definitely I would highly recommend it chapter one. Yep. So that would be my recommendation of the week, Rob. So Okay. Um now you've got a daughter. Do I have? you do is are there any Halloween traditions or anything? Um that, that that goes on or do you generally not bother with it too much? Oh we do. Um Halloween's very big here. We've had our decorations up for the past probably twenty odd days. Um <laughs> We've got uh, a big Halloween party coming up um, next weekend. So, um, so yeah, Halloween is very much um, a big thing in this household. Um, we watch movies such as um, Halloween Town, Halloween Town 2, <laughs> etc. Um, yeah, um, it's, yeah, uh, you know, lots of things going on. This, this, um, we've got the Halloween party is... Um, Disney zombies themed uh, this year, so uh, I don't know uh, where you are with your Disney movie, Stuart. Um, I'm a, I'm aware of them. So you would go as like Ariel 
but a zombie version of it. No, this is actually a film called Zombies. Okay. Um, so basically, um, imagine High School Musical, but they've changed it, and um, you've got kind of um, zombies and humans now attending rather than just humans. Okay, very strange. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's updated for the times. Um, so yeah, um, we are well versed in kind of um, Halloween films for for the little ones. Yeah. So like Monster Family. Yes. Stay away from films like Martyrs and Inside. They're probably not kid-friendly mm. Halloween movies, but very good. Not, not, not probably. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. little bit young to watch Martyrs. And so, also, you know. anywhere Inside is um, a Christmas film. So, oh, because it is yeah. actually set on Christmas Eve with the the incident. Let's just see it happening on Christmas Day. So um, it is. It's a Christmas movie. If you want to throw, if when you come up to the Christmas stuff, if you want to look at horror in Christmas, then Inside is on the list because it is a Christmas movie. Ah. Fantastic! I might watch that Christmas Day then. Right after the, the remake, speech. the remix pants. Yeah, no, I would never watch the remake. I've had the. Uh, I've still not seen the original one, but I've had the original DVD downstairs in my uh, my box for Jesus years now. But, uh, I will get around to watch it at some point, but it's it's uh, there's a lot of horror films. Like Martyrs was one of those. Human Centipede was another one for me, where it's an endurance film. You go, I need to be in the right frame of mind to watch this thing because yeah. God knows what I'm going to see. And in- Inside seems to be the last one standing out of the whole bunch that I've had over the years. Yeah, Inside is is um, Alexander Bustillo's still most extreme film that he's ever done. Um, yeah. It it starts off quite normal for like ten minutes. Just 10 minutes, that's all you get. <laughs> and then after, after the 10 minutes, that's when all hell breaks loose. And just when, you, when you've got a scene where a woman's got a pair of scissors cutting a baby out of somebody's stomach, yep. you, you're Lovely. definitely, no, then, then <laughs> yeah. it's definitely not for kids on Halloween and definitely, definitely not for kids at Christmas. Merry goddamn Christmas and all. That, you, that little pitch there, Stu, has not helped it move up the list any. I think I'm going to be watching Ride Along 2 uh, this week. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> that's more of a horror film than, um, than Martyrs and Inside. Oh, but Martyrs is amazing. Somebody at work, uh, a lot of people at work spend a lot of time there, they know that I'm the movie person. So, oh, what film should I watch? And it's weird. It's like, it's like Stu, you and I are familiar with Martyrs and the woman and all this sort of stuff. But you tell people, and they're like, I've not heard of that. Somebody the other day hadn't heard of Nightmare on Elm Street. It's bizarre. Whoa. It's it's crazy. Like, oh, is it any good? I'm like, well, it was when it came out, and it's pretty good. However, I don't know if somebody watched it nowadays, would it be dated? I don't know. They Possibly, just need to watch the new episode of The Goldbergs because Freddy Krueger's on that one, so... Nice. I'll do that then. I watch the TV series. If they can get oh, hold of it, The Nightmare on uh, Elm Street. Yeah, I wasn't Freddy's Legacy or whatever it was. Yeah, if you can get hold of it. Freddy's Nightmares. That was it. It was shown on the Horror Channel. I preferred the Friday the Thirteenth uh, TV series, which is about that weird antique shop. That was quite good. Yeah. That was all right. Do you think we'll get a Halloween TV series at some point? Probably not. It's not. You don't need to. You don't need to make it into a TV series. Mm. Yeah. Right. So, are we getting a Monday movie show this week? Yes. We... Fantastic. What is day of the week is? It? Is it Monday or is it tomorrow night? But there's a ton of stuff that we need to catch up on. So, yes, we are, because um, I was supposed to last week anyway review um, Bad Times at the El Royale, Small Foot, um, Apostle. So that uh, the Dan Stevens film, a Gareth Evans movie on Netflix. 
Um, and so this week I've got Halloween, Patient Zero, Goosebumps, Haunted um, Halloween, um, and a few other films. So we sort of like got pretty much double the amount of films to go through. Thanks. So it'll be an extra long or you'll... No, but it's still going to just twice. be like 90 minutes, but I'm making sure that we'll get through the films quicker rather than just ramble like Gandhi loves to do. It's like, hi, hi, Andy, how are you? I'm all right, right. Now you shut up and let yeah. me talk. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So I was watching Bait today, and there was a trailer that came on for a film that I've heard of but I've never ever seen, but it looked really good. So I'm going to ask you, Stu, if it's worth watching. Uh, Big Bad Wolves. Um, I don't know if I've actually seen it or not. It's, the amount of uh, films that I actually do watch, it's, it, it, it's no wonder I forget a lot of them. It looks German. And I say that because I know it's subtitled and it sounded like they were talking German and it looks like a bunch of older guys that I think are hunting down a paedophile and I think they trap him and torture him. I have seen it. Yeah. I have seen it. And yeah, it's not too bad. Even despite the subject itself, it's not too bad. Because the net went, oh, that looks good. I'm like, does it? <laughs> it does really. It doesn't look, it looks like a well-made film, but it doesn't look pleasant to watch. But then the title came up and I'm thinking, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I, so, I have seen it. Okay, I shall put that on the list and might watch that Christmas Day as well. Yay. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, <laughs> Big Bad Wolves and Inside. So that would work. Merry Christmas, <laughs> I guess. Might as well th- just throw Rare Exports and um, be done with it. That I, didn't, I couldn't really get into Rare Exports. I love exports. Rare Exports. I think it was because it had been so built up because a lot of the podcasts I listened to, oh, Rare Exports, Rare Exports, and they'd built it up so much. I'm like, go on, blow me away, and I just could not get into it. It was a bit odd, but I might have to go back. and. There's another Krampus film out as well, not directed by Michael Doherty. So not not that Krampus, but there's another Krampus film coming out based on Krampus's origin story set during World War One. There's a few dodgy Krampus movies out there. Yeah, I've seen my share of dodgy Krampus films. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few dodgy Krampus ones, so... Mm-hmm. It's uh, it is kind of risky. <laughs> so, well, I'm going to round this episode up and let you guys go to do whatever you're doing. What are you doing for the rest of the evening, Stu? Bed, bed, Rob. Uh, Big Bang Theory and uh, a bit of food. Nice. Well, I'm going to get this podcast edited, get it uploaded, so that Mr. Neil Johnson has something to listen to. He's still in London, I believe. So, uh, hi Neil. Hi Neil. Hi Neil. Um, I downloaded the manual for the camera. I thought I'll download the manual, just print it out. 342 pages. That's a little even, light reading. That's not even funny, that. <laughs> 342 pages. Oh, He's so done it no time. Exactly. So the uh, Anybody who did back my Kickstarter ages ago will have got the location shot for uh, Mimi 2. So the we copy went, of the shoot, manual shoot. for the camera. Yeah, you get a copy of that. I did think about taking a picture of it and going, seriously, this is the shit I'm going to read to, to entertain you lot. So, um, It does look like it will be early to mid next year when it gets shot for various reasons, which I went into, I think, last week. Um, but I'm just busy working on the scripts and stuff. It's fun, so I'm polishing them. But all is looking good, and I've got a 342-page manual to read. Yay. At least it's not as bad as Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which is now not going to start shooting until 2021. So it's oh. not delayed that by that much. And they're also looking for a female director for it. See, that, see, that kind of annoyed me, that, just tying it up. It's like, look for a director. She happens to be a woman, fine. But why are you looking for women directors to avoid being sexist? It always kind of niggles me, that. It's like, just pick yeah. the best person. Yeah. If they're a woman, there are a lot of good women directors out there. 
big one, but don't, I don't know. It, it annoys me when you use that as a selling point. Hey, look, we're going to pick a woman. No, don't, don't do that. Pick Just an android instead. Let a robot an wreck it. Pick, exactly. Pick a, I don't know, a sheep or something. A Pokemon. Let Pikachu <laughs> do it. Pokemon, that would work. Directed by Pokemon. That would freak you out if you saw that yeah. as a, a credit. Directed Direct by, by Pikachu. Pikachu. That'd be a bit, that would be a bit <laughs> strange. Right, guys, I'm going to let you go. Okay. But uh, have a good evening. Good to speak to you again, Stu. We'll have to not leave it as long until next time. Yeah, see you at Christmas then. Yeah, probably. I'll be like, <laughs> I watched Inside. It's horrible. And Annette's left me because she's repulsed. And her mum came round and she saw the bit and she ran away. And yes, yeah, it could be quite scary. Yeah. So, yeah, I shall leave you to it and I'll catch up with you both soon. Bye. Have a good evening. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.